0: Hearing some kind of buzz out of here, and it's so I'm going to switch to the handheld. Maybe that'll make it better. You guys talk most yourselves, don't really, because you're not supposed to talk in church. Okay, it's still buzzing, so it's not my mic, huh? Okay, we just got a buzz out of that, so. I'll just, go, I'll just go to this so I don't have, you don't have to watch me put it back on. All right, we're in Psalms 136, verses 1 through 3, and everybody's mic's on, and we're, having, we're happy. Let's go for it. Okay, <laughs> let's give thanks to the Lord. That's our action step today. And notice the word give is an action. And what can we give to God? I want you to think about that for a minute. What do we have to give to God? Nothing. It is, he has given us everything. He has given us life. He has created us. And he has even given us his one and only son to redeem us if we choose to accept the salvation through him. So what can we give back to God? Thanks. In him and through him, we have our being. And so it it calls for us to be doers of the word, not hearers only. And what do we give? We give thanks, which that word is talking about praise. And it it, it is giving thanksgiving to God, praise to God. And I want you to understand this. We can be fake about this, but what we need to understand is every good and perfect gift comes from God. You go back to Genesis chapter one, and you see as God is creating and what you see after everything he creates, he says, and everything God created was good. We know that sin destroyed that, and we're dealing with that, but at its core, people aren't good at their core, but at the dawn of creation, what God created was good, and sin tainted it. So every good and perfect gift comes from God, and so when you're going through life, thank God. Thank God the fact that you were able to get up today and you were able to move around and you were able to breathe and for the substance that he provided for you. Count your blessings name them one by one. And this may be a reset for us as we go through this. And and notice there's so many times people give thanks. And again, we should thank people when they help us. We should thank people when they bless us. But so many times we either don't do that or we're eager to thank everybody else but God. And maybe it's time for a reset that we go back to basics. And this is why your action step, and it may be the action step for this next few weeks. We'll see what happens. But a lot of people give thanks, but they give thanks to a person when it's due. That should happen. But they don't give thanks to the Lord. And I'll go one step further. There's a lot of people that believe in God, little g, but they don't believe in the one true God, Jesus Christ. And so there's power in the name of Jesus. And so when you're giving thanks to God, it doesn't hurt to specify who you're giving thanks to. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you for your provision. And so some of you may naturally have an attitude of thankfulness, but either you're not aiming at specifying that it's to God. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. And he uses the word give thanks to the Lord, and that word is Jehovah, and that means the God of gods, the God who exists. And you know, Hebrews talks about if you come to God, you have to believe that He is God and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. How is a lost world going to know the one true God if you're not giving thanks specifically to the one true God, the only God that exists? We're called. Uh, we are called to give with our lives, and as we walk, thanks and praise to the one and only Jehovah God who exists. And your first fill-in is this: that we are called to give, uh, to give thanks to God. Oh, well, that's not the first one. I went <laughs> a little earlier that. Let's look at what it, what it, he's supposed to be. See that G would have been good, but that's your action step, okay? But why do we thank God? The next one, for He is good. There's your first one. Let's think about that. What why is he good? That means he is precious because he is good because he is gracious. He is good because he is joyful. He is good because he is kind. He is good because he is pleasant. He is good because he is sweet. All these things describe this verse that that he that we I don't I just don't think it does enough to call him good because he is so much in and is so rich in the goodness of God. Any of you that walked with God, when you talk about the goodness of God, there's so many layers to it. He was good to me. He saved me. He was gracious. He is precious to me. He gives me joy when, there, when everything says that there shouldn't be any joy. He's been kind to me when nobody else would. He's been pleasant. He's a good, good God, as the songs have suggested. And so this is why we give thanks to him, because he is good. The, uh, the sanctity of who we are, he is good. And Luke 18 says, uh, Jesus was talking to the disciples in Luke 18, 9, and he says, no one is good but God alone. And so this is the problem we're having in our society today. Deep down, whether people want to say what they believe, the way they're acting is this, they believe basically everybody is basically good. We're not. Not at all. We were created good, and everything God makes is good, but then you go to Genesis chapter 3, and it all goes to the wayside. Sin enters. And he says later with the prophets that our righteousness is as filthy rags. And then Jeremiah says that the heart is desperately wicked. And I truly believe if you squeezed enough believers in society, especially in America, they would always say, well, deep down, they're basically good. What we're seeing in movies and and TV and now, uh, and I like superhero movies, but you're seeing the anti-hero where the first movie he was horrible and he destroys everybody, but he comes back and he makes it right and he's helping everybody. And then we're even more confused. And I believe in redemption and grace, but you've even got a term called an anti-hero now where they're bad, but... You know, are they good? Guess what? According to the Bible, none of us are good, period. Everything God made was good, but sin tainted it. And this is why we need to understand, this is what Jesus was saying in Luke, that only God is good. I want you to understand the reason we need to get this down and we need to understand this. And again, if you know Christ as Savior and Lord, Romans 8, 1 says, Now there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. He sees not your goodness, but the goodness of Christ. He sees not your righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ when you accept that. But if you have a society and you have churches that believe that man is basically good, then why do we need Christ? Why did he need to die? If we can somehow either save ourselves or here's the other side of it. Oh, now I'm saved and I got to keep myself cleaned up. Really? I'm as saved as I'm ever going to be. And I want to be closer to God and I want to do right things to have a better relationship with Him. But it takes God to save me, it takes God to keep me. So let's just settle that right now. The only thing, the only person that is good is God, period. And so that's why your first film that we talked about is why would you not want to give thanks to a God because he is good? But I think the problem in American Christianity is we're redefining the word good and we're not defining it according to the Bible, and the Bible is clear, only God is good. So that brings us to go on here. And we see being a good God separates him from all the rest. Notice in verse three—I mean, excuse me, verse two—give thanks to the God of gods. Now, um, notice when you look at that scripture, the second word for God is little g. And I'm still old enough that I'm going to tell you when you're talking about God, you need to capitalize that when you write that down, you need to capitalize the name of Jesus well why wouldn't he, it's a proper name well but there's a lot of uh, people that have stopped showing respect even when I'm writing something I don't try to handwrite that much but if I was typing and talking about God and using him, I would capitalize H, I don't care where it's in the sentence because here's the deal he's not saying here that there's multiple gods notice the second one is little g meaning that it's not a real true God But what we need to understand throughout history when he's talking here in Psalms, people were worshiping false gods. And we might say, well, that's not our society, Pastor. We're not doing that. But I want you to understand this. You can go to Matthew 6.33 where he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Anything or person you put before the one true God has become a God in your life, an idol. And so let's look at that verse a little bit different. Give thanks to the God of gods. He's not saying that there's multiple gods. He's saying he is the one and only God. Therefore, he is the God of gods. He is above all. He is great. He is mighty. He is the one true God. Above him, there are no others. This is talking about the sovereignty of God. Now, we didn't grow up in Britain, we don't understand the king and queen kind of thing, but they're called a sovereign, and when we talk about the sovereignty of God, we are talking about that he is the top, he is the king, there is no one above him. God is sovereign over all. And so, uh, where are you placing God in your life? Well, you know, I'm here today, Pastor, and, and, I'm, and I'm following the Bible, and I'm trying. But go back to my life first, Matthew six thirty three, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Every day, we make a choice who's going to sit on the throne of our life. And if we don't start with God, and every time we encounter where we want our way or God's way, we have to continually live the life of he is sovereign. He is, yeah, God's above all my friends, God's above my family, but what happens when it gets down to you and what you want? Because that's original sin. It's the sin of self. And every day, every hour, every second, I have to make a choice who is sovereign in my life. Who is the ultimate authority in my life? And so God is sovereign over all. Where are you placing him in your life? Your next fill-in, we give thanks to God because he is indisputably God. And again, in our society today, I don't think you're going to, other than in known cults, I don't think you're going to find physical God's little g. But in our society today, Anytime somebody is putting something or someone before the one true God, they are making them a God in their life. They are making them an idol in their life. It can be relationships. It can be your family. It can be your job. It can be your possessions. Anytime they, and especially your time, anytime that it comes before putting God first, you are saying he is not the God of gods. And so we need to guard that. And when Moses, uh, indisputably God above all others, Moses, when he was in the desert and God was preparing him, Moses is told to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go and, and to deliver this message. And, Pharaoh, and Moses said, well, who do I tell them that you are? And he tells them, he told Moses, tell them I am sent you. I say that might be, seems kind of short, and not descriptive, but think about it. He's everything. It doesn't mean he's in the carpet and in the floor, that kind of thing, but he is the God of gods. He is the only one true God. He is the great I Am. And so he is sovereign. Because God is the ultimate God and sovereign, it means he's on the top. So let's look at the next part in verse 3. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. The Lord of lords, that means there's no other god so let's think about it. let's think through this logically. God gives us free will. We'll have a time of invitation here in a little bit, and you can choose if you don't know Christ to become saved, and it's your choice. Or you can choose to ignore the message; it is your choice. But either way, there's going to be a consequence. And most of you have made that choice. But every day, as Christians, you ha- this is why when we talk about somebody becoming a Christian, to have you made him Savior and Lord? A lot of us like Jesus the Savior. We don't like Jesus the Lord because that's the daily discipleship the rest of our lives. And the closer you get to God, the more you're in his word, the more you listen to the Holy Spirit. Jesus is a gentleman. He says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Some of you remember those funeral calendars and on those funeral calendars? Because, yeah, and some of you are like, what? But a lot of you know, and there would be the picture of Jesus and knocking on the door, and it would be talking about Revelation 3.20. And those of you who are real smart and already know about it, if you look closely at that painting, there's no doorknob on the outside of that door. Because God has given you the choice whether to let Jesus into your life as Savior and Lord. But every day when you've let him in to go further into your life, it's up to you whether you're, he's going to be the Lord, the master, the owner, the controller of your life. Christians, this is where we're at. You know, by, you may physically die and go on to be with Jesus or, or he may return and take us up. You know, either way, like Paul said, it's all going to be good. But here's the deal. Every day we make a choice who's the Lord of our lives, ourselves or Jesus. And so, so many times we we don't give thanks that, hey, I've got a master. I've got an owner. I've got a controller. You may not like those words, but I want us to understand we're described as sheep. And those of us that have studied sheep, sheep left to themselves die. And sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need, and the 23rd Psalm, that he takes us through all the areas of our lives. And so we need to give thanks that he is our master, that he is our owner, that he is our controller, that he is our redeemer. Why? Because he's superior to all. He's above all idols. He's above all false gods. He rules with all ultimate authority. So let's just get to the basics on it. If he's the one and only God, and if he's in all authority and controls all, then we're just kind of hitting our head against the wall trying to go anywhere else. And he'll let us do that. He is a gentleman. He He has given us free will. He will not make us do anything. But let's get back to the reality here. Give thanks to the Lord because he is good. We are not. Give thanks to the Lord because he is the God of gods. There are no other gods. Give thanks to the Lord because he is the Lord of lords, the master, the owner. And yet we try to run our own lives. God is superior. God is the authority of authorities. He answers to no one. Your next film. We give thanks to God because he has all authority, because he is the victorious master of all. Let's go into the word victorious. Victorious. I said at the beginning that everything God created was good. Then you get our free will and our choice in Genesis 3. And Adam and Eve chose to not go with God. And then sin entered the world. And this is why we deal with this. And this is why no one is good. And everyone is destined to hell without Christ. But when Jesus came and was tempted in all ways yet did not sin. When he took on our sin and died and was buried and rose again. He gave us victory. And this is why he is the master of all. Death. Hell. In the grave, I want us to understand this is why we can give thanks. And a lot of times we view it as a Sunday school answer, but, you know, we talk about our life is all bad, and, and let's, let's, let's not uh, make it what it's not. Sometimes it just seems like everything's going wrong, but, you know, just like the song, and then there's Jesus. And there was Jesus. What I'm saying? If you have nothing and everything's bad, we, we talked about last week. And you can look at the map back there of the countries where, where freedom of religion is restricted or you're in prison. And if you were to talk and hear some of their stories, they would say, what matters is Jesus. Yes, life is hard. Yes, I've had loved ones die. Yes, this is not good. But I have victory in Jesus because he is the master of all. And you know what? When there's nothing to be thankful for, you can be thankful that you have victory through Jesus Christ. Only God of gods is a sovereign God. Only the Lord of the lords is a supreme God, and he can really love us. Notice... Let's go back and look at the Psalms 136 at the end of each one, verses 1 through 3. We see, Give thanks to the Lord, he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 2, give thanks to the God of gods, his faithful love endures forever. Verse 3, give thanks to the Lord of lords, his faithful love endures forever. Let's break it down. Obviously, you know, I'm kind of hard to get things through and God's trying to repeat something here three times. The psalmist, this is why he is good. This is why he is the God of gods. This is why he is the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. So when everything goes south and nothing's going right, there's Jesus. His faithful love endures forever. Let's look at that His only. My love and, and for individuals, will fail you one way or another. Your love for individuals will fail you one way or another. People like that old country music song, looking for love in all the wrong places. And God designed us to love, but we're loving from sinful hearts. We may be saved and have the Holy Spirit, but even when we're following God, we're going to fail each other. And that's the process of asking forgiveness and progressing towards this. But that's not God. That's not who He is. Only His love, And we've been discussing it Wednesday night. We wouldn't even know how. We love him because he first loved us. And the only way we can understand love is loving and knowing the love of God. So notice, he starts with his. I'm not saying anybody here can't love, but my love is going to be tainted with my sin nature. It's not that I can't love the way Jesus can, but I always will have to fight that. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can love people. But this is our standard, guys. His love. His love that gave his only begotten son that that no one should perish, but everyone should have everlasting life. His love. Notice this, faithful. That means his mercy, his kindness, his gracious love. Faithful. That word is not too popular or it's not used much in our society today. And when we think of faithful, we think of how many times people have broken up had broken faith and have not been consistent and all these things again because we're going to fell each other but not God. His faithful, merciful kind and gracious love. Again that word love means mercy and kindness and notice this is forever. Forever. Everlasting man alive, and what we deal with today doesn't that sound appealing? Doesn't that what our heart calls for is something that is solid, something that is consistent, something that will never leave or forsake us? That is who Jesus is, and that is who his love is. And this is what we're trying to get to. We're trying, it's good to thank God for the little things the, the weather, our health, our family, all these things. But all those things in one day can be taken away like they were for Job. And where was Job left? Him and God. And is, uh, whether it's your joy, whether it's your attitude of gratefulness, is God enough? Yes. And this is where our thankful attitude starts. We're going to look at this scripture next week, but I'm going to share it with you today. He's a great God with a great love for us, Ephesians 2.4. Actually, we're going to go a little further in Ephesians next week when talking about thankfulness. But Ephesians 2.4 says this, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us. I know there's great families here. I know there's great marriages here. I know there's people that have great love for one another. I feel our church has great love for one another. But give us enough time, one way or another, we'll fail each other. And again, this is why we seek forgiveness. This is what we go on. But guess what? When no one is left around, God's love is enough. God's love is faithful. I remember Paul in, in 2 Timothy 4.17 says, The Lord alone stood with me and strengthened me that the message might be preached totally to the Gentiles. And also, the Lord saved me from the mouth of the lion. I like that part, okay? But why did I learn that verse? I learned that verse because there's times as a Christian and there's times as a pastor you feel a little bit alone. And Paul in that section of Scripture, he's ending, he's ending Timothy there And he's he's talking about Timothy. He's talking about Luke has left him. All of his friends have left him. And he said, The Lord alone stood with me. And he was in prison and he was on trial. Is God enough? Yes. Is his love enough? Yes. Why? Because, like Ephesians says, he, he is a God who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he has for us. A great love that endures without end. A great love that is forever, that is everlasting. He has given us victory through Christ. He has given us victory through his righteousness, grace, and mercy. And he has given given us victory through his unending faithful love. Your last fill in. It's easy to give thanks to God continuously because he is great. Because of his great enduring love for us. The same yesterday today, and forever. We can think of veterans, I mean, you know, it wasn't just necessarily about about, uh, Clarence, but I love our country, and I I know countries can come and go, but I, I love how Clarence loved our country, and as I saw all the ceremonies and things that we did yesterday, I almost was welling up on the fact of the love and thankful for the men and women that have given us the right that I can stand here freely when you look at that map there, and especially the countries in black, they can't do what I'm doing here today. And I'm thankful for the men and women that have given me the right to be able to do that and protect that. Well, that's the veterans. Let's go back to say America never existed, say any of these countries had never existed, and we still have a sin problem, and we still have a brokenness with God, We ultimately need to be thankful and have an attitude of gratitude that stems from a faithful, enduring God whose love endures forever. A God that is good, a God that is the God of gods, a God that is the Lord of all. So let's look at the questions here as we get ready to close today. Who are you giving thanks to? Well, I give thanks to God. Okay, I'll give you that. But how often? And maybe during this next few weeks up to Thanksgiving, you're going to like, I'm going to make an effort to write down what I'm thankful for every day. I'm going to make an effort to verbalize. Well, that's showing off, and I'm just doing it. Well, you know what? A habit takes time, and a habit takes stepping out. And so who are you giving thanks to? Well, you may say I'm giving thanks to God. Does anybody else know that? Thank you, God, for health Thank you, God, for this meal. Thank you, God, for provision. Thank you, God, for protection. Thank you, God, for salvation. Maybe that you need to do that today. Next question. Where is God's place in your life? Well, I thank people, and I know I have a job, and I work it, and I've got money, or I've got this in the bank and all that, but guess what? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It all comes from God. And where are you placing? Place where is God's place in your life? Is He the God of gods, or somebody else? If they called, or, if, or if something happened, or with your time, are you putting it before God? Because Matthew six thirty three says, "Seek first the King of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you." Where is God's place in your life, today? Well, He's my Savior and He's my Lord. But let's get real. Is there someone or something or that you're doing that comes before God? Next question. Who's your ultimate authority? I kind of feel like sometimes the older we get and the longer we've been with God, it's like we let him handle the big things, but I'm going to do whatever I want because I've earned it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. We need to be learning, and we need to be growing in God. And if you get closer and closer to God, unless you assume room temperature, he's always going to say, Look, I would like to help you in this area, and I'd like to be a master in your life on whatever you're dealing with, but I'm not going to force. I'm knocking on the door. You've got to open it. Who's the ultimate authority in your life? starts with salvation. It continues with every day. And le- next question. Who is the love of your life? Well, it's Jesus. It's God. But, guys, our actions and our time show who's first. And I thank God for good relationships that I have with family and friends and that that I have the love of those people and I can give the love back. I'm thankful for the grace that people give me when I mess up and I, I try to give to them also. But if God is not the ultimate love in your life, then you don't know what love is. And you're trying to love people out of a broken relationship. We love him because he first loved us. We can love others because he first loved us. I think that's all the questions, but let's stand on our feet, and we're going to have a time of invitation today. And a question I have for you today, who are you giving thanks to? A lot of you are like, well, I give thanks to the Lord, but there's a lot of things we talked about today. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord because he is the God of gods. There's no one above him, so there may be something that's other than him first in your life. Give thanks to the Lord for he is the Lord of lords. You may need to lay down your authority and get in that habit, but during this, these next few weeks, I want you to really focus on giving thanks to the Lord for everything because every good and perfect gift comes from the father above and so if you don't know jesus christ as savior and lord the way you start is get saved because when everything goes bad we can be thankful that we have victory through jesus lord i thank you for this day i thank you for the opportunity to be here and I just pray wherever we're at, maybe we need to hit the altar and just pray and give thanks or, or get things right in our lives or whatever we need to do today, may we always make you the ultimate in our life, our symbol and our, our guidance for grace and for thanks. In your name, Jesus, amen.